Okay, play it. <laughs> this is how it was. <laughs> When me da would come home tight He'd invite the neighbours out With this chorus Come on, shake like and tans Come out and fight me like a man Show your wife how you want Withers down the Flanders Tell her how the IRA Made you run like hell away From the green and lovely lanes Up hill to Chandra Come let us hear you tell yes, yes, This is how it was and uh, this is how it's going right now. This, think about is, this it. is where we are. Maybe. There. Oh, full screen that. Oh, yeah. This is how it's going. Think about it. All law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our Constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. I'm accompanying myself. Oi, lass, I only have one thing to say to ya. Go fuck yourself. This episode is not fit for children. Let's do the show. Let's do it. I about exhausted my Irish accent right there. And the F-bomb doesn't count because it was in an app. It was in an Irish accent. Yeah, that's not a cursed curse word in the Irish accent. No, no, no. It's a... No, it's just a word they use. Yeah. They don't even consider it a slur yeah. over there. Uh, but that lady... But I feel like we need a little bit of context. What she was talking about is a, a new law in Ireland that uh, will send you to prison if you have maybe a little bit too many spicy memes on your phone. Lock you, us up. If you engage in hate speech, as they <laughs> uh, as they call it, yeah, in Ireland you can be, you know, thrown in prison for a meme. And welcome again to another episode of the Capo Podcast. We have a a glorious show put together for you tonight. Um, before we get way into it, we're going to talk about that lady. We're going to talk about uh, Ireland, the Emerald Isle. But first. Uh, I feel like I need to show you guys this. This is pretty cool. Um, if you can see, if the camera can see, this is a this is a copy. This is the final draft of book three of A Long Way Back to Zion. It's called Blood and Eternity, and I'm going to be releasing that at Christmas. So if you haven't got book one and book two yet, you might as well get those now. Fill the, your hand, yeah, you son of a bitch. Fill them with this book. That way, once Christmas rolls around. And I release the third book, then you can you can just get the third one, and you won't have to get the first two. Um, also, you should go shop at Ballara Boutique. Ivan is not here yet; he might show up. We don't know. He's just gonna 
you know, come flying in here like the wind, perhaps, or maybe not. I don't know if he's going to make it. But either way, shop at Ballara Boutique, the best little clothing store in Beaver County. And, uh, you know, Hunter's not here. Alexis isn't here. but And they don't sponsor me, but uh, Gun Butter. It's good stuff. You, uh, you put it on your gun, and it'll lubricate it. And you know what? I think that's that's enough. That's enough. Uh, it's enough ad reads for the episode. I want to talk about the common good because that's what the lady was talking about uh, in Ireland. She's she says she's going to throw you in prison for memes, and it's going to be for the common good. And Adam, um, is yes. that phrase something that you have heard? Can can you can you give me a time where maybe you've heard the phrase this is this is for the common good? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Crime and punishment. Mm. When he kills the old woman, spoiler. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> when he kills the old woman, he says to himself, Well, the things I'm going to do with this money in the future, I'm gonna be something big. I'm going to make everybody lives so much better you know and that it goes on to describe how that's not an excuse for killing somebody and just the emotional toll it took on him as a person yeah what is what does Dostoevsky have to say in crime and punishment about you know this this moral justification Surprisingly enough, he has uh, only negative things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, um, I can see a lot of tiebacks, kind of to the devil, if that makes sense. Like, oh, for the good of everything else, for the good of yourself, you should do this. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, think about the end goal. Think mm-hmm. about what you are going to gain from it. I'm oh. I'm glad you bring that up because that segues me into the other stuff I wanted to say because I remember hearing this all the time. It's kind of this this subject is kind of the catalyst for my book um, <laughs> or my three books uh, was something I heard growing up, and the last couple of years it's something you heard a lot during COVID was uh, this is for the common good and. I want to talk about what that means because you hear it with COVID. uh, You heard it. You've heard it all your life about climate change. You've heard it all your life about gun control, and you hear it about all sorts of things. And it's been around forever. What does it mean? The common good is there really such a thing as the common good at all? Uh, And the way you answer that in your own mind will shape your view of reality and the world in a way that maybe even you don't understand. Because a lot of people, when you ask them that question, like it, or if you ask them like, uh, should we do something for the common good? A lot of people are going to say yes. And they'll say, sure, that's, this is a thing that would be good for everybody. Um, that's what we should strive for. Uh, Woodrow Wilson said that there's no higher religion than human service, and to work for the common good is the greatest creed. And that is, I think it's actually the, I don't know, either book two or book three, it's one of the opening quotes that I use. And 
when he says there's no higher religion, Woodrow Wilson means that. That's what it is. It is a religion. It's a belief. It's putting your faith in something else besides, you know, your Christian religion uh, to believe in this idea of the common good. You're putting your faith in it, and you're putting your faith in men because you have to put your faith in men if you're going to believe in this. Uh, You have to put your faith in mankind, which means this is a false religion, and not just a false religion. It might be the most dangerous false religion ever contrived. Um, I don't know about y'all. That's not my religion. Uh, My faith is not in mankind, and you cannot have two masters. You cannot have two religions. And so you probably need to think about who you are or what you are worshiping. Um, Because one person's common good is another person's slavery. It is not the way of the world or humanity for everyone to have common interest. If it were, there would be no war, there would be no treaties, there would be no agreements, legal or otherwise. We would exist in a utopia. We would exist in in a heaven sort of place. Um, We would live in the world that these people tell you they can create, but they can't. And they won't. Um, In fact, in the effort of trying to create this place, they are going to create a hell on earth. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm doing this episode is I'm begging you, stop voting for these people that say these sorts of things. Stop giving them power. Um, They can't solve the problem of the human heart with giant state bureaucracies. They just can't do it. And when people, a lot of times when people talk about conservatism or even libertarianism, uh, they will, they'll think that I or somebody who's conservative is like mean or, or doesn't care about poor people or doesn't care about people who are less privileged than others. It's, that's not, that's not what it is. It's not that I don't care about all those people. It's that you think the government can fix it, and I'm telling you the government not only can't fix it, but is going to make it worse. And that's, I don't know, that's my political ideology in a nutshell, is I don't think the government can fix it, and I don't think the government can fix it because it never has. Um, Adam, do you have any... Uh, I, I want to pause from my rambling... And let you let you contribute to this. So, uh, you know, biblically speaking, I think we had our shot at utopia, and we kind of literally teamed up with the devil instead of enjoying that. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did he tell us? What did he tell Eve? Uh, God doesn't want you to have this. He wants you to live in ignorance. Hey, you can. If you eat this, you will be you will be like, like God. God. Yeah. And what is this? That's what I'm getting at. Is what is this idea that you can create this utopian world, um, and you can do everything for the common good if you just have enough power? What is that, if not a replacement for God and God's laws with your own laws, with your own your own way of running the world? And that's what they're doing. Uh, And that's the people at the top, 
they know what they're giving you when they sell you this. They know that they're giving you a, a religion and a faith that is meant to replace the one that you have. How could they not? Because this has been true of humanity since the beginning of recorded time. No people, no culture, no civilization has ever existed without worshiping something. And you're a fool to think that yours is different because it's 2023 and you live in the modern world. It's never happened. But the people who are selling it to you are happy to do that because they're relying on your vanity and your foolishness because that's what drives their political movement. That's what gives them power. And that's where the parallels come to what Adam's talking about, the devil. And that's why I think this is... It's not just a political disagreement. It's the oldest like disagreement of humanity. It's the reason we're in this situation that we're in is the vanity and pride of humanity to think that, well, I don't need God. I can become my own God. Yeah, exactly. And if you're more like, you know, us and not of the world type people, then you kind of realize that it's not black, white, and gray, there's more of just uh, you're either on this side or against it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a hard place to get to because people don't want that. Yeah, You know what I mean? Exactly. People don't want to hear that it is, at the end of the day, there really are like two sides when it comes to something so simple as, you know, do you believe in God's law or do you not? And that's... That's what we're talking about. And all these bad ideas, all these bad political movements that end in the sort of tyranny where they're going to throw people in jail because they have a a Pepe the Frog meme on their phone. It ends like that because it's it doesn't work. Yeah. Like it's a Exactly. It's a restriction of freedom. It's this religion that has been created by these who would call themselves enlightened atheists and they tell you that they don't believe in God, and they're above religion completely. They're beyond it. People don't need God. Um, and they use that to, to have you give them uh, political power. Um, and then they'll say that they're a good person, which is interesting to me because the whole moral system is based off religion. Like, there's no sense of morals at all if you're not religious. True. And they, and they, it's not that they just say that they are. A lot of them truly desperately believe that they are. Yeah, they have to. I don't think it's the ones at the top, though. And this is where I'm always talking about the lizards, Mm -hmm. the people in charge. And uh, I remember we didn't read it in school, but we talked about Brave New World. And in Brave, in the novel Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, there is no uh, religion. Nobody believes in God. There's no references to any of it and all the books all the bibles have been kind of destroyed and gotten rid of and it's like a joke for anybody to believe in any sort of religion but towards the end of the book when the protagonist goes and meets the the bad guy the the antagonist of the novel the guy who runs the world uh-huh. mustafa man yeah what does mustafa man have hidden away in his safe that he's read every word of a bible the bible yep. and it's because the people who are in charge understand human nature, and they they understand how it works the same way 
the the religious devout Christian understands how human nature works, but instead of you know giving themselves over to God's law, they say, "Well, I'm smart enough to use this to my advantage to gain an advantage over all of these people who are too stupid." You know what I mean? Yeah, like at the end of the book when John asks him, "Hey, do you believe in God? Is there a God?" He says, "I don't know." Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, more than likely. Meanwhile, <laughs> John and everybody who's like the enlightened, you know, upper middle class, the regular elite people are all just convinced that there is no God. The The fact of their life is there is no God. And then they go to the very top and they ask the guy who's in charge, do you believe in God? And he says, yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's why they're so willing to follow anything. Right. Like when John starts whipping himself at the end, and they're all like, yeah, wait, that's something we should be doing, right? That looks interesting. Let's try that. Because humans have an innate need for religion. Mm-hmm. You can't get it out of your—it's in you. It's in your DNA. It's in your bones. You cannot get rid of it. So if you're not worshiping God, you're going to end up worshiping something, whether it is— I don't know whether it's the state, whether it's communism, whether it's trans yourself. ideology, yourself. Uh, oh. The libertarians are bad about this. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to find a God. Yeah. And if you are not following the God, all other roads lead to the same place. Exactly. Um, and so when you hear people talk about the common good, if you try to think about it deeply and like, what does that mean? Well, if you are somebody who believes in the common good and you also believe in climate change and that it's going to destroy the earth, well, the common good means criminalizing commercial agriculture, uh, making it illegal for people to drive fossil fuel vehicles, making it illegal for normal kind of peasant class people to travel. Uh, that's, for the common good. And they talk about this openly. I mean, that Al Gore talks about it all the time. Um, but it's for the it's for the common good. But that's really not enough if you're really into the climate change cult. Um, you think that the global population is way too high. And if it's for the common good for all of humanity that a couple hundred million people die from, I don't know, an engineered virus made in a Chinese lab, if that's for the common good, is it moral in your eyes? I guess so, right? If you believe it. Um, If you believe in open borders, uh, what does the common good mean there? Does it mean that importing thousands and thousands of third-world refugees to places like England and Ireland... Is that the right thing to do? Well, of course it is. Um, but what about the English? What about the Irish? What about their history and their culture and their heritage? Do they matter? Well, no, they don't matter because the only thing that matters is the common good. Mm-hmm. And if that means rapes and murders increase, so be it. Because those rapes and murders are... They're going to be better for overall. The common, for the common good. Yeah. In the um, end, the goal we're trying to get to is so much yeah. better. Right. And if you believe in uh, gun control, it, that's for the common good. What does that mean for the people who disagree with you? Well, they don't matter. It's for the common good. Only the common good matters. 
take all the guns. And then in a generation when you need to force everybody to stop driving their gas cars and traveling and eating meat, it'll be a whole lot easier (laughs) to get them to stop doing that if they don't have any guns. And keeping with the theme of the podcast, like y'all think I'm a conspiracy theorist and that's great. Um, And I think some of you think that I'm kind of uh, joking about the demons and the, uh, the lizards, you know. Uh, but I'm not really, (laughs) um, they're, these people say it themselves. You heard the lady that we started with. She's openly saying it herself. And in the context of what she's saying, she says, yeah, if you're telling jokes that I don't like, I should be able to throw you in prison and kill you if you resist. That's, that's something. That's insane. Right. Like, I can't believe somebody actually got up and said it in those words because they've been saying it for a long time. Yeah, but you know they, the, they the the, the lizards, yeah, the, lizard. it's the lizards, the lizards. Um, but people don't want it. They, they say it all the time, but people don't want to hear it, right? Like normal everyday people don't want to hear that because uh, it sounds too far fetched when you. When you actually hear it and you hear it for what it is, it sounds too crazy for you to believe because, of course, they don't really mean it. Um, They can't, right? Of course, the world that your children are going to grow up in is going to be the same as the world you grew up in um, because that's just how it has to be. Um, Nothing's really going to change, you know. History hasn't shown us any different, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, where everything's always just staying the same, and there's no all the all the evil and the genocide and the plagues and the famines and the war, all of that's in the past. None of that's ever going to happen again because it's 2023, right? Yeah, exactly. We're more civilized. Right. We're not savages we're, we're like not all those savages. past people, like you know your grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna in, we're just gonna bring a whole bunch of those savages into your country and let yeah. them run around and stab people. Don't worry, guys. They're civilized now. Yeah. Now that we they have that, their own culture. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have to just focus on the common good and mm-hmm. democracy, everything will be great, right? Well, think again. Uh, hell is empty, and the devils are here, and they are in charge of every major government. And they are dragging us into this planned utopian hellscape that they've decided they want, whether you want to or not, uh, whether you believe it or not, because that's how democracy works. After all, that's how the common good works, whatever whatever that means. So, uh, well, yeah, what a, what a real, real downer start to the episode. Um, yeah, that's lame. Come on. But I feel like people need to, I don't know. It's been a couple episodes of me not being, not talking about the lizards, and I need to talk about the lizards. I have to talk about the lizards, right? This is real-world stuff that's going on. Yeah. It has to come up. So, speaking of lizards, um, what else is going on in the news? The the Irish thing is, is wild. So there was a stabbing, a refugee stabbed a whole bunch of school children. Whoa. Did you not hear about this? No. No, that's what that whole thing is about, man. That's there was crazy. massive riots in Ireland uh over Thanksgiving, like on Thanksgiving Day. Try to try to look up something on the 
on the onlines while yeah, I talk. on the interwebs. But there was a whole bunch of giant riots in Ireland after these stabbings occurred. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, basically disaffected Irishmen who are sick of the government importing hordes and hordes of people from other cultures that don't mesh with Irish culture. And that's just what happens. You can't you can't stick large numbers of two different cultures together and expect them to just assimilate and get along. It doesn't happen. But again, that goes back to the the idea of these utopian globalist types, the ones that are maybe sincere that really think that well, everybody's basically the same. All the cultures are basically the same. Everybody's generally good, so it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. Everybody wants yeah. all the best things. And not all cultures are created equal. Not all peoples are created equal. And they don't mesh. When you put a whole bunch of third world people in a high trust first world society, it doesn't work. You lose your high trust first world society. And that's happened all across Europe. And the reason I started with like, this is how it was and this is how it's going is because sadly, I don't think the Irish can do anything about it. They've given up way too much of their freedoms. They've handed off way too much of their Which power. is crazy considering how it Considering their history, right? Yeah, it's insane. I'm sure there's still like four or five Irishmen who maybe have a machine gun in their attic that their granddad was in the IRA. Oh, yeah, guaranteed. They're, I don't know if there's enough of them. Mm-mm. I don't know if there's enough to turn the tide of what it is because everybody's convinced that the only way, the only acceptable way to affect any sort of change is to democratically vote for it. Yeah. And if that's what you think, then you're screwed. You're beat. You're not allowed to revolt. You just have to do, you know, a little peaceful protest. And if my side does it, it's allowed to be a riot. Yeah. You know? But if your side does it, we're throwing you all in prison forever. Ever. And... I- I don't know what to tell you. I don't have any solutions for Ireland or for anybody else. I can tell you my advice for Americans is don't give up all the freedoms and powers that the Irish have or that the English have. Don't fall for all this bullshit about, oh, well, we're going to restrict hate speech and and we really need more gun control and all. Everything that is a is a transfer of power from you to authority figures is the thing that's going to hang you in the yeah, end. Like exactly. Ireland's probably screwed because Ireland has given up all of its power mm-hmm. and the government can do whatever it wants. And the government knows it can do whatever it wants. And that that's why that lady is up there on stage saying, Hey, if you say something we don't like online, we're going to throw you in prison. Yeah. They do the exactly. same thing in England. England's the same way. And it's because the English people and the Irish people gave up, all of their rights on the altar of democracy and modern liberalism. It's because people think they can give away, oh, I'll give I'll give you half of this right if you can promise me this much safety, when it's really that not that trade. It's I'll give you this much of my freedom and the government will just keep taking and taking a little bit more, you know what I mean, until they have all of it. Yeah, because... Yeah. Power corrupts, 
And the more power you get, the more corrupting of an influence it is. Like absolute these people power who are corrupts absolutely. The people who are high up in positions of power, like that, the most powerful people. I'm not even talking about like presidents and stuff. George Soros, Bill Gates. Do you really think they look at themselves any different than like Xerxes did or Ramses the second? Like they view themselves as gods among men because in a secular worldview where there is no God, they are. They're they're more powerful than Xerxes or Ramses was. Oh yeah. Easily. And a lot of these people who are in control of giant governments like England, um, and the United States and the all these European countries, they are more powerful than all the any of the medieval kings that ever lived, and even guys like Xerxes and Ramses and Genghis Khan. They're they're more powerful because the world is a smaller place and they have more control. They can watch everything you say. They can watch your cell phone. They can watch you on video. They can tap into this little uh, camera on my iPad right now if they wanted to and watch everything I said. Yeah, everything's just so connected. It's one item. Yeah, that didn't exist. Even in, like, the Soviet Union, that didn't exist. In North Korea, in East Germany was the closest they ever got, and it's because they had an army of people constantly out there with freaking radios like listening to people that's as close as they could get and now they have it they all have it yeah and yes your governments are more powerful today than any king that ever lived and they know it and that's the dangerous part and uh once again i don't know the answer but the answer is you you better stop you better stop giving them power you better stop voting for them and you better stop fooling yourself that they have your best interest at heart and they really care about the common good and they're not gonna they're not gonna come down on you like a hammer for something as trivial as like your diet because that's coming that's another thing i saw this week the un is having this big meeting and one of the one of the talking points is like hey we really need the U.S. to stop doing so much commercial agriculture. Yeah. Insane. If they get power, they're going to shut down commercial agriculture. And I don't know if if those of you out there listening understand enough about the world and logistics to understand what happens if they shut down commercial agriculture. So let me put it in, like, I don't know. Layman's mon- terms. Monkey terms. Yeah. Uh if banana tree no grow no more, monkey starve. Yeah? Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> like people exactly. are gonna starve. Millions of people will starve if you shut down commercial agriculture the way the climate protesters want. Oh yeah. If the climate protesters got their way tomorrow and got everything they wanted and taxed everybody out of business and shut down the wheels of the world. Do you know how many millions of people would starve within a month? It's insane to think about how many people would just die. Yeah. And that's if how many people can live for themselves if they needed to. Not very many. And even a, a lot of people who think they can absolutely can't. Oh yeah. Unless you have like a lot of people think like, "Oh, I know about, you know, I know about prepping and hunting and 
if the world goes to shit, I'll just go out in the woods and hunt. Like you don't think everybody I have, else? Uh, I have all this ammo. That same I'm ass ready. idea. Yeah. Like everybody's gonna do that. Uh, exactly. During the Great Depression, do you know what happened to like the game population in the U.S.? It was almost wiped out. Like there wasn't any game to hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't have any solutions. I'm just here ringing the bell and telling you the end is near. Guys, things are really bad. <laughs> you ought to know. Hey, that's my shtick, though. Really, oh, that's yeah. what the that's what the Capo Podcast is all about. I'm here to be the stormy cloud, and Ivan's not even here to put the brakes on it with any optimism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going off the cliff now. We should talk about the Votech thing. Ooh, he's yeah, he's gone. he's gone. He's gone. He doesn't let's, get to support. Let's it. talk about it. Doesn't get to be positive. I don't really have too much to say about it, but I have I'm against it. I have heard some rumors that a couple people thought somehow that we weren't very nice about it, which blew my mind because I thought we were nicer to that dude than most like guests I who been. are your family. Yeah, <laughs> I'm meaner to I'm a lot meaner to Ben than I was to that guy. Yeah, but um, what what kind of does bother me, and this goes back to kind of what we're talking about. What does bother me is there's such a mindset of a lot of people, even in small little Republican rule red America, there's this mindset of people who think that they are entitled to other people's money. Oh, yeah. Because that's what taxes are. And a lot of people, especially when it comes to education stuff, Suddenly, where they were, they were Republican ten minutes ago, but all of a sudden it's education, and suddenly they've decided. Well, you know what? I am entitled to my neighbor's money because I kind of like this idea. He should chip in he a little bit for be my kids' more education. Taxes for for this or that. After all, it's for the common good. Isn't yeah, it? his kid is homeschooled, but think about everybody else's kids. You know who aren't homeschooled? Yeah. shouldn't he have to chip in a little bit? And the absolutist in me is like, who do you think you are where you have the right to put your freaking hand in my pocket? Yeah, right? Exactly. In, in no. any other in any other time, in any other place, like if you came up to me, this would be a shakedown for money. Yeah. This would be a like, hey, you need to give me this money or I'm going to take your house away. Because that's what it is. What happens if I stop paying property taxes? Take my house away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That and this is, you know, I'm just, I'm dangerously sliding into libertarian territory where I talk about taxes taxes are theft. But as a theoretical idea, yeah. If you think you have the right to put your hand in my pocket for my tax money for something that you want, I don't think we're friends. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You're being kind of a dick. Yeah. All right. Um so that's that's what I think about it. I yeah, I'm I've not been my mind's not been changed. I won't be voting for this and I don't think other people should. Yeah. Um if only for the principle of it like everybody's oh, this will be the things that that fixes it. No. Like, you're not going to fix it with money. I'm sorry. I wish you could fix it with money. You're not going to fix it with money. The problems we have will not be fixed with money. Yes. Um it's just like the problems that the church has will not be fixed with Oh, if we're nicer, we'll get more people in the pews. It's not going to fix the problem. No. Um, same thing with taxes, and that's that's where I'm at with it on the Votech thing. Uh, keep your hands out of my pockets, um, you freaking beggars. 
you I don't know, thieves, get 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 off of me. Get your hand out of my pocket. Um anyway, that goes for anybody who's voting for the Votech thing. Uh get your hands out of my pockets. I don't want it. And I don't care that you want it. If you want it so bad, fund it with your own money. You know? Mm-hmm. Y'all want it. Everybody wants it. Okay. Get together and fund it. How yeah, come exactly. I have to? You what, guys what chip you in a little bit more if abuse. If it's so good, yeah. if it's such a good thing, get some investors. Fund it yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't need my money to do it if it's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? No. It turns out you want my money. So... Yeah. No, anyway. guys, everybody has to pay for it. You want? You guys wanted to say I was kind of mean to him, so there you go. That's what I think. Yeah. You're a bunch of thieves. Get your hands out of my pockets. Fund it yourself if that's what you want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like we need to change gears. Uh, what else was funny? To, oh, I shared that news story with you. Can you pull yes. it up? Or I guess you could pull up a picture of it. The lady who wrote the article about uh, female cavemen. This is a This is a good one. Can you put it up on the screen sometime? I will look around for it for a moment. I'll get it up there, though. I texted you. It ought to be on that text message stream with me and you and Ivan. Ivan. Anyways, the, the backstory yeah, yeah, of this yeah. is somebody, uh, a journalist, um, wrote a article about how... There, there it you is. Go, yes. Debunking the myth of the male hunter. The Prehistoric myth? women were better at hunting than men study claims and look at the woman they have in the image <laughs> <laughs> looks like a looks like a porno movie <laughs> yeah exactly uh, like honestly and what i said on twitter when i saw that was like everybody's laughing at this because this is this is buffoonery there's no this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen yeah no. nobody believes that is what everybody's saying and laughing about it but yeah i got bad news for you a lot of people a lot of women are gonna read that and then tell people it as if it's truth and do it with a straight face. They might not even read the article. It. No. They might just see the headline. They absolutely aren't going to read the article. They're just <laughs> going to read the headline. But they're going to they're gonna read that and think it's true and tell it to people as if, as if it is true. And people who are like, you know, look at them sideways like, hey, that's, that's silly. They're going to get mad at them. There's yeah. going to be people out oh, there yeah. that get mad when somebody's like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard that's obviously not true. It's because in their head, that's the truth now. You know what I mean? They can change reality because in their head, it's different. Well, that's not what happened. Right. No. What I read about this earlier. Yeah, if we... History is just book stuff, right? This yeah, is basically book it. stuff. I read mm-hmm. this online. I read this online. The other thing I think is the lady who wrote that article... It was probably one of those kids in high school who was like really into the Hunger Games, like a little too much. And yeah. like that, I don't remember, what was the lady's name in Hunger Games with the bow? Katniss. Katniss. She was like over the moon for this Katniss character and decided that, that was like a a real thing. Um, There are some women that hunt. There's not very many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my wife hunts on occasion. Uh there's not a lot of women that do. I know there was a coyote calling competition a couple of weeks ago in a room of about 300 people and there were two women hunters. And I don't I don't know guys. I, it, how many coyotes how, did they get? <laughs> uh they weren't on the winning teams but neither was I so I can't talk too much too much crap. 
I'm not saying women can't hunt. No, like yeah, women, I'm women joking. could certainly hunt. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you think back in the old days that it, all the dudes were staying in the cave and all the women were going out and killing the mammoth, yeah, exactly. You have a you have a mental disability. <laughs> yeah. You're retarded. The okay. men were staying back with their more developed muscles so they yes. could skin the game. Right. And, it know. made a lot more sense yeah. to do that. Of course. And raise the children. And yeah. Such it's, a, it's such a clown world thing that, like, I think a lot of times people take for granted, like people on my side take for granted that there are a lot of people out there who believe that, who will see that, read it, and believe it. And that's... It should worry you that so many people in your society believe things that are absolutely asinine, clinically insane, uh-huh. like that, or like women can become men if they decide they can, or any number of inane things. Um, the The fact that there's so many people who actually believe that is the reason I've told you many times on the podcast, and I'm telling you again right now, until we get rid of democracy, none of this is going to get fixed because there's too many of those people out there voting. Yeah, and if exactly. you're going to let all the people who are clinically insane vote, uh, it's not going to work so good. Um, once again, I don't know the answer, but somewhere between feudalism and an absolute despotic dictatorship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I saw that today. I I also saw in the news today that the Christmas tree at the White House has been, has fallen over, which seems like an omen to me. Yeah. (laughs) Right? the, The Christmas tree, the White House federal gigantic fancy symbol of Christmas just fell over today. That's kind of weird. Yeah, a little weird. Okay, moment of silence while I while I puff on this. Moment of silence for the fallen Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Biden was just very uh, hurt about it. I bet it broke him up to yeah. know that the Christmas tree fell down. I actually think he was on a plane with the Clintons and... Uh, some others going somewhere. There was a news story about that today too, where the Clintons and the Obamas and the Bidens were all on a on Air Force One, Ooh. headed to Georgia. Yeah. I don't know, probably going to the the Guildstones, right? Probably going to that that statue in the forest that they probably going to that silly Moloch. island that uh, Epstein was. Yeah, you to. know, Epstein might have been on the plane too. Who knows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. What else? Uh, the Pizza Gate is any. Speaking of child traffickers, does anybody remember Pizza Gate? The um, the Andrew Tate scenario. Uh, I don't know if Andrew Tate had anything to do with it. It was this conspiracy theory, right? There was a conspiracy theory called Pizza Gate, and the idea was the elites were trafficking, sex trafficking children. Um, oh, you know. As they do, <laughs> you know, as typically. Um, and anyway, there was a. It was oh, they were trafficking in them, and then there was this news story about how they were trafficking them through a certain pizza joint, and there was some crazy guy. Well, maybe he wasn't crazy. There was some guy that showed up with a gun saying he was there to to free the children, 
and they threw him in jail. And then there was this uh, journalist, this famous journalist who broke the story and was like, oh, look at this stupid conspiracy theory. This is all a bunch of bull, you know, all these conservatives with their crazy conspiracies. Well, last week or the week before that, that guy was arrested. You want to guess what he was arrested for, Adam? Child pornography. Mm, yes. Huh. He was arrested for child pornography. How bizarre. And not just the normal kind. Uh, child pornography of infants being raped. The normal kind? Well, you know what I'm saying. It, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty bad child porn that the guy yeah, was arrested for. Of course. And even if you think that all the conspiracy people like myself are insane, um, you have to admit that the journalist that debunked Pizzagate turns out to be a pedophile? You have to admit that... Hmm. Hmm. A little... Come on now. Huh. That's, that stinks a little no, bit, guys, right? That guy isn't right at all. I don't know why he would burst into there with a gun thinking he was going to yeah. save all these children. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Anyways... So that also happened this week, and the more I read the news, the more I think I should just stop reading the news. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't have any answers. I guess I need to keep doing it for the sake of this podcast to keep uh, keep telling y'all all the stuff that's going on. Um, you mentioned the other day at work while we were watching something that you said, I don't really like to see people get hurt i'm not gonna watch this one which i found interesting because i feel like a lot of people now are so desensitized from seeing it online that it doesn't seem real anymore you know what i mean i think like, you're this right is all just i think something. That, i think gen z especially like it started with the millennials but gen z being raised on the internet and having access to that for all their lives has seen so much violence and gore online yeah. that it probably doesn't bother them. Yeah, at the end of my fingertips, I could look up literally any horrific thing that you could imagine in your mind right now. Yeah, and it probably doesn't like even really move them, which, I don't know, it's probably not good, right? Oh, no. I, I feel like I, I remember the first awful thing I saw was back during, you know, when the war on terror started, uh, that uh, journalist being beheaded. That was the first thing I saw online that was like that. And um, I remember, like, feel, physically feeling something when that happened. You know, when your your body kind of gets that little, I don't know, that tingle? Oh, yeah. And you have, like, yeah. a physical, a like, physical reaction to what you're seeing? Where you can actually feel it. Yeah. I remember that happening when I saw that video. And, you know, I'm a little older now and I've, you know, I've been on the internet forever and I've seen a whole bunch of stuff since. And I'll be honest, it doesn't, often it doesn't move me anymore the way like seeing that sort of thing used to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that there was like, I don't know. My granddad's generation and guys that were in Vietnam, a lot of the a lot of people don't want to talk about anything that they saw. And I think it's because they innately knew that like humans, especially young kids, like shouldn't 
be exposed to that sort of thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, this is something for men. Yeah. And to like, prepare men. Yeah. Not, but, and you shouldn't, like, it's not something that you should willingly want. Yeah. Go seek out. Because I think yeah. there are some people that, like, will go watch just a, a lot of it on purpose. Like, that, what's that What episode, or that website, uh, Live Leak? Yeah, live leak with the uh, like Asian factory workers. Yeah, just like people will go search that out and just watch it for the sake of seeing it. And I think that's like watching a man get crushed into a bloody pink mist. Right. I'm I'm not saying that makes you a bad person, but I am saying that's probably not great for your brain or for your soul. No Um, way. It can't be good for you, right? It can't be. Now, I will say, I do think there are times where, especially if you're somebody who carries a gun and you're somebody who wants to prepare themselves for any, for a self-defense sort of situation, there are some videos that you should watch to get an idea of what happens in those sort of situations, because the reality of what happens is way, way different than like the movies or the way it is in your imagination. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, people getting shot, and in the movies, like, somebody gets shot and they fall down, and in the real world, people get shot and they don't just they don't just fall down. Yeah. So, some people, like, suck up a whole magazine worth of bullets before they even go down while they're in the act of killing somebody. Like, in a video game, like, you get five hits, and that lowers your HP, and then you're on the ground crawling, and... Yeah, you know. which I think would make video games a little more realistic in some instances, depending no. on where you get hit, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah. but other than that, I would say, like, you shouldn't seek that stuff out. And I, I honestly don't I don't like it when I see it on on Twitter um, and because it, it's a lot. I see it a lot on Twitter of, like, a shooting or, I don't know, when the, uh, when the October 7th, attack happened on Israel. You saw a lot of stuff. And I will say that one moved me. Like the first one I saw come out of there, that lady, the the lady's corpse, that one made me feel the feels. Oh, yeah. That one was like, even me being part of this generation that's like everybody's desensitized to a certain point and nothing feels real. It all feels like it's just happening through the screen. That touched a chord somewhere it was like whoa i think that there's certain things that this is why a lot of people this is way random but i just finished reading uh blood meridian again i read that over thanksgiving break while i was uh, listened to it while i was deer hunting yeah and there's a lot of people who just cannot get through that book because of how violent and awful it is yeah and when i was a little younger before I had kids, I didn't quite get that. But now that I have kids and I'm a little more, I don't know, grown up and aware of, I don't know, my own mortality and the mortality of humans and and all that. And I have my own kids. Memento Mori. There are like, there, there are portions of that book where I do have, like, I could see why people can't get through this book. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of violence that happens, and even though it's not, like, on the screen, 
if you're if you're reading it and you're kind of like imagining what's happening in your head, like some of it is bad enough. You're like, I need to put this down. Um, oh, I remember yeah. a couple times I like I paused it. I was like, God, ugh. Like, it's so rough. But I remember reading the book in high school after reading your like overview. Like you wrote me a little overview kind of. Yeah, because I told y'all not to read it. Yeah, you told us not to read it. And then you wrote me that, and I was like, you know what? I'm prepared. I can read it. I'll be fine. And certain parts of it were like, I need to go take a break and like touch grass or look at the sky. I might need to take a shower. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, oh, we, I need to read the Bible for a bit after this. Oh, I did did that while I was hunting. I was out there, and I was listening to it, and I was like, I'm going to take a break from this. And I'm going to go over to Psalms for a little bit. I vividly remember reading Ecclesiastes after that because I was like, oh, ooh, I feel dirty. Yeah. yeah there, there's a there's a part, like there's so many terrible things that happen in the book, but there's one scene that really stuck with me this time for some reason, and this is where I had to kind of like take a little break. Was it Spoiler the, warning. Yeah. It's not that much of a spoiler because <laughs> okay. it's like a little, it's a small aside. But the scalp hunters like go through and massacre this entire village of Indians. And there's like one Apache kid that's like a, a child, like a toddler left. And they just take it with them, right? And the kid's riding with them for a while while the Apaches chase them. And the character yeah. of the judge, who is a he's a he's a symbolic character of the devil in the book. Uh yeah. There's a scene where they're all standing around the campfire and they're the one guy's going to get his horse and he walks by the judge and the judge is like playing with the Apache child, like on it, like bouncing it on his knee and like laughing with it and playing with it. And then the guy gets his horse and he's coming back and the and the kid is dead and the judge has killed the kid and scalped it. Yeah. And then the guy. Yeah. I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the only time I've gotten to use it so far. <laughs> and the the character in the book uh, pulls his pistol and puts it to the judge's head. Yeah. And it's a very powerful scene because the guy who does that, like everybody who rides in this group of scalp hunters is just the most sinister, nasty bunch of humans you've ever met. Scum. But it was was even too much for this guy where he pulls his pistol and puts it to the judge's head because it's, it's too much for him. And the judge just looks at him and he says, fire or put it away. And the guy puts it away. And the entire book, there's several instances where somebody from the group wants to shoot the judge but none of them can ever bring themselves to do it, which I think reinforces the the point that he's kind of this, like he's not a man like the rest of them. There's this sort of magical, mystic quality, and I think it's because he's the devil in the book. Um, but anyway, if you're interested in Blood Meridian, it is the most popular episode of the Capo podcast. Uh, the book analysis for Blood Meridian has more views than any other uh any other episode of the podcast. I didn't even know that was still up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the analysis for Meridian and you don't really want to put yourself through the the arduous journey of reading that book, which is a very important book to read, you can just listen to the analysis a couple hours long and it'll tell you everything you need to know about the book. A plug for the podcast within the podcast. 
Wow. What Let's are we see. at, wise? We are at 56 minutes, 18 seconds. Well, I wish we would have been a little more prepared on this episode because it's been like two whole weeks that we've been away. Well, but we, we all had Thanksgiving. And yeah, we had we had families. A Thanksgiving we had work. Break. We've all been busy. I don't know about families, but we had a. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you 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 had like a Thanksgiving day. I don't know what you did, but I did. I had a great time. I called you. That and I was whole like, hey, weekend was. You're like... not sitting by yourself reading that <laughs> DOT manual, are you? Oh man, that was my plan. I thought that was going to be it. I terrible, had a great time. Terrible plan. No, I don't know why everybody gets so like into the holidays. It's not really. Now, Christmas, I can see getting into, but not like, I don't know. Yeah. I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite yeah. holiday. Like, I, I decorate for Christmas. I read my Bible a little extra on Christmas, like around the Christmas time, but it's not like a, wow, I wish I had family around for this. You know what I mean? I don't know. Okay. Well, you're still young, man. Yeah. It, like, yeah. I didn't really care about holidays that much until I got married and then had a kid, and that... That changed things. Sam just likes to bring up the fact that I go home to a to an empty bed at night. Dude, you're 18. You're to, like you're no, going, I'm kidding, or yeah. you're 19, whatever you are. Yeah. You're going to be doing that. No, yeah, for that's, a good while. That's normal. When I was 18, I went home to an empty bed. So, anyways, I wish we would have, you know, maybe prepared a little more. But I feel like I gave you, I gave you an hour of something. Yeah, you gotta be a little bit happy. It's gonna be like it's still gonna be a good episode. You're still going to enjoy it. Now you have something else to go listen to. Instead of listening to another hour of me try to come up with things to talk about, you can go listen to the Blood Meridian episode and learn about that. I might take another listen to it now that you see bring up that it still exists. Do you have anything to add to this episode? We're going to cut this one at an hour-ish. Wow, okay. yeah. Because I, I, I'm out minutes. of stuff. Like I, I want to talk about more stuff, but anything, any other rabbit holes I go down would be, you know, going down with me and you and you're back there trying to produce and that's hard yeah we yeah. need to get ivan to produce one and let you sit second chair so we can so we can talk about yeah stuff. i was also back here doing a little bit of work from your laptop oh, for a couple were, seconds yeah you're booking some rooms booking some rooms good yep always at the grind man all right play that outro Constantly. music all right all right good episode i think uh, yeah, well, i mean it well. was I feel like people are going to feel jilted. I feel like uh, this was just a filler episode. Oh, yeah. And of you, <laughs> you're right. We did not plan. <laughs> like, I didn't have one planned. We're still having the one coming up where we're going to sit down with the butcher of Altus, and he's going to teach us how to butcher deer. I've been hearing about um, that one for a while. That one's going to happen. I'm not sure when it's going to happen. But yeah. This is a, it's a very fluid situation we all live in because we all have jobs. This isn't... You know, this isn't the Joe Rogan experience where I get to just do this every day. Yeah, if this job. was our job, this would be crazy. Oh, man, this if this was my so job good. and I could just this and then hunt and work out and just be like Joe Rogan. Hunt elk all day, oh, talk about being badass. It's too bad I'm not, you know, good enough at it. Maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll get there. We'll blow up. And you will be my producer all along the way, Adam. Wow. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.